0: This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Welcome to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. This is your host Tim Link. And I'm so glad you're joining us today. We have our wonderful guest. We're so excited to have a New York Times bestselling author on, Miss Julia London. Julia London's going to talk to us a little bit about her latest book, You Lucky Dog. It's a novel and a sweet little read. And, of course, it has wonderful dogs and and has a wonderful cover. So we'll get into all that and how all that came about, give you a little bit of the storyline as well as uh, talk to Julia a little bit about her uh, writing and writing stories style so we'll let her get off uh, the interview without giving us a little bit of tidbits from the master herself so (laughs) uh, we're gonna be excited about that so in any case everybody hang tight we're going to come back right after this commercial break you're listening to animal rights on pet life radio looking for a dental treat that does more for your dog daily dose is a two-in-one chew that pairs a daily dental scrub with powerful supplements to help with the biggest health concerns facing our dogs. Daily Dose was developed by vets to be simple to use and super effective. Plus, dogs love the taste. Available for joint, skin, heart health, or calming. Daily Dose, your pet's daily dose of awesome. Visit yourpetsdailydose.com to save $3 on your first bag with promo code PETLIFE. That's yourpetsdailydose.com. Let's talk pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. And join us now is New York Times bestselling author Julia London. Julia, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for having
0: me. Oh, it's our pleasure. And congratulations on the latest book. It's called You Lucky Dog. So it's a wonderful novel. And tell us a little bit about it without giving away all the, the good, juicy tidbits.
1: Okay. (laughs) Well, it starts off with a dog walker who mixes up a couple of basset hounds. He's walking and he he has the basset hounds returned to the wrong home. So a man comes home and finds um, a very depressed basset hound where his was very perky. And a woman comes home and finds a basset hound eating pillows where her basset hound had been very depressed and liked to lay in the mudroom. And so that's how the the book gets started. They have to find each other and, and correct the mistake. And through the reading of the book, you find out the dogs are opposite, but fall in love, but so are the two people. It's kind of a jumping off point to learn more about them, but she's very driven and who's very intellectual and kind of in his own head. And, and it's just you know a love story about how these things come together and the different ways we meet and the different things that make people click.
0: That's right. And first and foremost, the dogs have to get along, right?
1: Yes. First and foremost, that's always number one rule. Love me, love my dog. <laughs> that's right.
0: Prerequisite number one. And I love yes. the fact that in the book you uh, you tied in the thing that makes all animals, all dogs, all animals, and all humans perfect, which is uh, macaroni and cheese. So I thought right. that was. <laughs>
1: <Right>. <laughs> yeah. So people have different philosophies on dog rearing. <laughs> Some people are a little bit more lax than other people, and uh, I made sure to point those things out.
0: (laughs) That's right. Well, I love the fact that, and I found it kind of interesting, at least what I I read into it. You know, when we talk about the the main character, uh, Carly Kennedy, you know, she's got this basset hound that's really kind of laying around and depressed, and and she often wonders why that dog is that way. But then Mm -hmm. when she finds that the dogs have been switched, it's like, well, wait a minute, that's not my dog. But yet I wondered all along why my dog is so depressed all the time. And do you think maybe it it had something to do, and I love how you wrote this in, but Carly, you know, how animals reflect us and reflect our energy, could it be perhaps that Carly was the problem all along?
1: Well, it certainly could. I mean, she's she's very driven. You know, she's going a million miles an hour. She doesn't have time for anybody or anything. You know, she doesn't have time to just, like, you know, lay around with her dog and— and she's also not a dog owner before this. And the dog comes to her, you know, her mother gave it to one of her grandchildren and they weren't ready for a dog. And I'm sure we've all heard, heard those mm-hmm. kind of stories and people get dogs when maybe they shouldn't have. And, and so she ended up with this Bassett Hound. And, you know, I think the Bassett Hound, once she sees that what a different dog he is around, you know, the other dog, she starts to see more of his personality and starts to rely on him more like we all do, rely on our pets for comfort. And so it's kind of a growth for her through the dog.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, and we often say our animals can be in tune with us and pick up on us and sort of be our opposite. You know, the thing that we need most, you know, she, Carly, is very, like you said, hectic and scattered and doesn't slow down for a minute. And all along here was her dog or the dog she acquired trying to teach her that lesson that, hey, you you need to slow down and spend some time and and maybe just uh, not be depressed, but, you know, (laughs) lay around a little bit to calm yourself down.
1: Yeah, and let me sleep in your bed. I'm a really good bedmate. <laughs>
0: that's right. That's right. <laughs> oh goodness! And the cover is wonderful. You know, I, I looked at the cover, and I'll just briefly describe to our audience. You know, you've got two very similar dogs because obviously they get mixed up in the the whole story, but the color mm. schemes are different. One's brown with why I say white and black. The other one's brown with black and white. And I, I looked at right. this cover. For, I had it sitting on my desk, and you know, after reading through it, and I looked at it and looked at it and thought, "Why do we have two of the same?" And I realized, "Oh no, Tim, you you need to get a clue here. That's <laughs> the point of it. They look similar, but they're not the same, and they're not same in personality, and and the cover dictates that." So. Uh, Kudos to your editors for. Uh, uh, I'm assuming, unless you, this is a custom design by you, I'm assuming they they picked out the uh, no, the design. No. The, the
1: design. <laughs> yeah, they have a, a whole art department that are way smarter about book covers than I could ever be, and I thought it was an adorable cover. I just loved it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So when we talk about the main uh, heroine in the book, you know, Carly Kennedy is the uh, female part uh, that lead in this in the book, and then she meets up with Max. How mm-hmm. is it love at first sight, or is it a did they not get each other at first, or how does the uh, storyline go?
1: Oh, no, they do not get each other at first. I mean, he did feed her dog mac and cheese, which just you know, she just couldn't believe it. Or, and he lets his animals on the couch, and that is a great debate that my friends and I have animals on the couch, or animals off the couch. you know. And she's definitely of the off the couch mindset. But um, she's also, you know, she's a publicist and she uh, lost her job and she's trying to make it on her own. So she's picked up a client who happens to be a young fashion designer. And so she's wearing an avant-garde outfit that makes no sense to anybody. I mean, it's something that should be coming down the runway, but she thinks you have to walk the walk. And so she's got on this really strange outfit when she meets him. And he's like, what is wrong with this woman? <laughs> like, what is she wearing? <laughs> and why is she so upset about a little mac and cheese? I mean, you know, her dog wasn't eating, and now her dog's eating. <laughs> so they are opposites attract, but they, they attract pretty quickly.
0: Yeah, and I think that's uh, a part of it. I always like to say, you know, uh, animals in general, but dogs in particular, you know, it's the one of the great common denominators. You can be polar opposites of uh, whoever, whether it's a friend or a relationship or a partner whatever it may be. But if you have a dog, then you got that great common denominator. And especially when you're talking about dogs of uh, if a particular breed that you're, you're fond of or you happen to have a particular breed and you run into someone that has that same breed. I think that's a good starting point for you.
1: Yes, yes. Or <laughs> if they just have a dog in general, for me, I mean, you yeah.
0: Know. <laughs> yeah, that's it. You, you gotta know, all,
1: be a dog person.
0: <laughs> that's it. If a dog loves you, all's forgiven. I don't care about anything else about you. you got a dog, dog loves you. Okay, I'll put up with you. I, I'll, you, yeah, you must exactly. be good. Something good must be happening <laughs> with you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. So when we talk about the latest, uh, You Lucky Dog, how do you uh, compare that, contrast that compared to you know, what you've done before, you know, some of the novels you've written before? Is it, was it something you had to give a lot of thought to on how you're going to put this one together, or is there was this one just uh, come to you in the middle of the night, and you just whipped it out no problem?
1: Well, it is a little bit different than what I normally write. I have written a lot of historical romance novels kind of in the vein of Jane Austen and I've written some contemporary novels that are either women's fiction or romance. I mean, but they generally encompass more relationships than just the the love story, like between a mother and a daughter, sisters or and so they some of them have a lot more, you know, like emotional crises in them because, Mm -hmm. you know, we just like to read about other people's problems. (laughs) So this one's much lighter. It's much lighter. And it's not that they don't have issues, Max and Carly. They do, but mostly they come from their family, you know, and we all have probably all of us have some level of dysfunction in our families. And they both have quite a lot. He's got a profoundly autistic brother who's a grown man and she's got a crazy mother, like really crazy. And you know, and a sister with a lot of little kids. And so the family plays a part in it too. But I really got the idea. There's a man in my neighborhood and he was walking to dachshunds one day and they were both brown dachshunds and they were in lockstep. And I was, I went, you know, the opposite direction. But I was like, how does he tell them apart? And then I started thinking, I wonder if he ever gets some, you know, mixed up and, wouldn't it be funny if he was a dog walker and got him mixed up and kind of took it from there and spun this story off this, these two dogs that get switched by a dog walker. And so it's a, it's a little bit lighter, but that's where the genesis of the idea came from.
0: Yeah, and, and that's what I was sort of leaning to. I thought that was quite fascinating because you know, for your fans out there, obviously that it's still sort of in that same vein. You know, it's a romance. You know, uh, mm-hmm. a girl meets guy, guy meets girl, and you know, uh, they have their ups and downs, and then you know, love conquers all, and which is fantastic. And now all of a sudden, you, you know, you kind of put two dogs in there, and they're not the main characters; they're the glue that sort of holds the storylines together at times. I, I feel. Yeah. So when you were outside and you saw the gentleman walking his dogs I mean is that was it as you say, was this sort of an epiphany like oh I've got something here or was it something like I need to add something a little bit different to whatever I'm working on right now
1: I don't wouldn't call it an epiphany it was just kind of a kernel of an idea that I you know and I probably molded over for a couple of weeks like what could I really do with that but I just like the idea of these dogs being so you know they did those two dachshunds did look identical we had basset hounds when I was growing up and you know, we had a couple that looked very much alike. And so I just kind of, you know, thought about it and romantic comedies are really popular right now and mm-hmm. I thought it would be a perfect launch for that, make it a romantic comedy instead of something maybe a little deeper or darker. So that's basically it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I thought that was that was brilliant because it's uh it- as I read through it, is it's sort of you can see your brilliance coming through the end, sort of how you know compared to uh, some of your other novels and your best-selling novels out there and you compare that to, and now you're adding a dog to it. It's not just simply you're okay. I, I'm going to add two more characters and I'm just going to have to make them right. dogs this time. It's really adds a little bit more humor, a little bit more interest, you know, a, a little bit different angle to it. So I thought that was that was really fascinating.
1: Yeah. And I liked it so much. I'm doing another one with dogs. (laughs) Uh, So, I mean, it's just, it's fun. Dogs are not that easy to write into a book. You know, you always have to, they're kind of like babies. You always have to account for where the baby is or the dog is. But in this book, they did become like a secondary character. They were, you know, catalysts in the
0: story yeah absolutely and now you know, and welcome to the club. once you put dogs in your books, dogs must be in all books moving forward that's- <laughs>
1: I'm a little afraid of that.
0: I think so. you become a dog first, and you become a dog writer, yeah. you know, which is okay it's it's another another part of your audience you know you're adding on to it, so I think that's good, good on you. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, given the world situation, I'd much rather hang out with dog lovers than, you know, anybody else right now anyway. Absolutely,
0: so. <laughs> absolutely. Huh. Yeah, I think I may just take out that word lovers, just dogs, period. Yeah. <laughs> but that's just my yeah, commentary. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, goodness. All right, well, we're going to take a, a quick commercial break. But I'm going to come back, uh, Julia, and talk to you a little bit more about the book, but then talk to you about writing and writing styles and uh, how you go about okay. putting – Your masterwork together so so everybody hang tight we'll be back right after these commercial breaks you're listening to animal rights on pet life radio sit stay we'll be right back after a short pause well four to be exact i have a chocolate cocker spaniel named lady and a black mouth cur and it's a lot of responsibility owning a dog my dogs don't have any health problems because they're eating what they need to eat. D i n o b i t e dot com. is like pouring a multivitamin right onto their food. We'll be scooping our Dynavite then squirting the liquor chops and the fish oil. They start salivating. You won't believe how happy your dog will be. I get my Dynavite at D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com.
1: Are you listening to this right now with a cell phone clenched between your teeth as you frantically flip pages on your paper calendars? Or are you a new breed of groomer, bred for speed and efficiency of movement? 123 Pet software automates your communications, doing the reminding, confirming, thanking, and marketing for you. 123 Pet centralizes your schedule, employees, clients, inventory, and more. 123 Pet is the business management software you need. Start minding your business today. Visit 123petsoftware.com.
0: Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. <laughs> .com. Welcome back to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Continue our conversation with uh, New York Times bestselling author Julia London and her latest book, uh, "You Lucky Dog." So, Julia, when uh, people pick up this fantastic novel, have some fun with it. Have you know get in touch with their romantic side? Get in touch with the fact they didn't spend enough time with their dog, and they need to do that too. <laughs> when they pick this up and have a, have a great read with it, what do you hope to accomplish? What do you want people to walk away with after reading the book?
1: Oh, just an escape to a happier, simpler time and maybe a reconnection to what it's like to fall in love. You know, we've all experienced that in some form or another, and it's nice to be reminded of what that feels like. But yeah. um, basically just an escape. That's
0: it. I mean, it, and it's good, you know, and, and I think that's perfect for it because, you know, when you're putting together a great novel, you want it to people to sort of. Forget about life for a while, and this right, is what right. obviously this novel does. But also, it does it loops you back, you know, back into the fact of you know remembering first loves or uh, first times you, you've met with your your partner, significant other, whatever it may be, and uh, maybe even the first time when you got a dog or a dog came on your doorstep that you hadn't expected, which does happen this yeah. way through a Granny and the kids, but uh, which is definitely. Yeah. Not <laughs> Something that happens, as you mentioned a lot, but it does. I think it does, you did a great job of putting that all together, and it, it's one of those reads that when you pick it up, you don't put it down because you really want to see what's going on. You get kind of in, involved in it, and it does sort of allow you to, uh, to release for a little while and uh, enjoy life, so big kudos for you on that. Well, thank you so much. So your writing, You've got to pick your brain from the master here. Tell us a little bit about your writing styles. Are you the type of person that that has these great ideas by seeing your neighbor walk the dogs, and so you immediately sit down and put together this great novel, or are you more of okay, I, I'm going to pitch this idea, get the idea, and then figure out when I need to get it done, and I'll complete it, a, you know, a couple of days before the editors are clamoring to get it.
1: Well, um, a little of both. The longer I've done this, I've been doing this for close to 25 years now.
0: Started um, very young. I know you Yes, yeah, were- so I
1: started v- extremely young. <laughs> 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 but um, the longer I've done it, the more of a structured kind of synopsis that I need. I mean, there was a time in my life I would start with just an idea. And write a book, but it would require a lot of editing on the back end. And it's gotten to the point in my career where I really don't have a lot of time for that. I mean, I have so many months to complete a novel and I've just figured out it's better to go in with a a solid game plan, not just an idea of a game plan, but a solid game plan. So I probably spend a month kind of thinking through the structure of the book, like what the, you know, the emotional beats are going to be, what the character arc looks like you know, where it begins, where it ends, and then spend the rest of the time writing.
0: So it's really structuring it, putting together the storyboard, putting together the characters and sort of, uh, you know, uh, A to Z, and hopefully you got it all mapped out before you even sit down and start putting pen to paper, we'll say.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, or fingers to keyboard. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, but I generally, I tend to think of a book in thirds, and the first book is the, you know, the setup and the getting to know you. in the second book, the second, third is where a lot of the conflict comes in, generally more of the external conflict for the characters, which is like in this case, for example, is their family. You know, she's got issues with her sister and her mother, and he's got, you know, his father is taking care of his adult, other adult son who's autistic. And Max thinks that he should move into a home, you know, and learn to be a little bit more independent. So he's got that whole conflict going on in his family. And so that's like the, the middle of the book, you're exploring all those conflicts. And then the, the last third of the book is where you start to see either they're not going to make it or they are, but you know, something's got to give and it kind of, you go right on into the, the happy ever after. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there you go. I like that. I like that. So at what point does you, your editor get involved? Do they come to you and say, okay, it's been six months, we need a new book? Or they come to you and say, i got this idea? Or do you actually come to, to them with this sort of this arc and storyboard, this framework, and pitch to them, you know, say, here's what I'm going to write, and what do you think of this and the characters?
1: Well, when I sign a contract, I generally sign for, you know, it's usually at least three books Mm -hmm. and tell them these are the ideas that I have for these books. They're not fully formed ideas. You know, they're just like, I'm going to do this book about dogs, and these passing houses get switched. They're like, Oh, that sounds great. You know? And so I do a couple of those. And then when it's time to write the first book, I will give them the sort of the synopsis and the things I was just talking about. And after I finish that book, then I will do it again. I will come up with another synopsis for the second book and, And go through it. And so I just submitted the the second book on that contract, which I said was had more dogs in it. And so now I'm going to start thinking of a third book, and it will have more dogs in it. (laughs) I (laughs) I don't have a story to go with it yet. All I know is dogs.
0: (laughs) It's got to have dogs. It's going to be – next thing you know, it's dogs falling in love and the people are secondary. That's how it all starts, Julia. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it I love it. so when in timing wise I mean is it typically something that so here, this book's Hot off the press, it's out, available. Everybody's mm-hmm. going to pick up a copy of it. Meanwhile, you've got the second one already cooking, and that's going to come out. And now you're thinking of the third one. How do those frameworks turn out? I mean, is it really uh, sort of every six month, every one year type thing? By the time uh, you're working on book number three, or perhaps it's almost done and dusted, while you're still talking about book number one, perhaps.
1: Right, right. I mean, I just finished book number two, and one just came out. And I think the second book doesn't come out until this time next year. So, you know, I'll be done with the third one by the time the second book comes out. I would say it depends on the kind of book it is. You know, literary fiction, they probably one book a year, one book every five years. But in genre fiction like this, I generally try to get a couple of books out a year just because the romance reader is a very voracious reader. And especially if you're writing a series, they want all the books of the series and they don't want to wait. You know, we're all so impatient about everything, myself included. I mean, you know, like if you're watching a Netflix series, you want all of the episodes now. That's what they've trained us to do. And I, and we've kind of Netflix the genre fiction too. Everybody wants all the books in a series. So I write them a little bit faster.
0: There you go. Yeah, that is fascinating. I think it, you're spot on. It's society today. We want it uh, quicker, faster, better, and hopefully cheaper if we can get it. Right, that way. right. And uh, yeah, yeah, the binge watching. Yeah, I got caught up. Uh, I won't mention the series, but I got caught up in a series I've been wanting to watch. And uh, you know, I said, okay, I'm just going to watch like one or two to last night. And yeah, I ended up being six. And uh, yeah, right. <laughs> e- extra coffee. Starbucks loves me now. It's like, oh, you need two extra shots in your drink. Great. <laughs> right. <laughs> So now you're writing. um, You went from being sort of uh, gung ho, sitting there writing a whole book, to now really being kind of structured about the whole process because you have to be to to get everything done and accomplished and putting out a great novel. How are you as a writer? Are you uh, four o'clock every morning uh, after you get your coffee ready to go? Or are you 5,000 words a day and that's what I do? Or are you, you know, sometime in the middle of the night, wake up and just start uh, going at it?
1: I tend to do it, treat it like a job. And I, start sometime in the morning, I generally exercise or definitely walk the dog in the morning and then come back and start working and work through the day. And, you know, I've a I've written a lot of books. So there's a lot of business around the books. And so I have like a couple or three hours of pure creation when I'm writing a book. And then I have a couple or three hours of answering emails and doing some promotional stuff or writing, you know, whatever they need. Sometimes they need just copy for the sales team and that kind of thing. So I put in a full day, but it's a, you know, it's like a work day. And then around five or six o'clock, I knock it off. I used to work at night, but I don't know. I just can't do it anymore.
0: (laughs) I've I've lost my
1: night mojo.
0: (laughs) Well, I think I I think you have to, whether you're you're a night person or a day person. uh, You know, you sort of and time zones obviously come into play, but I think you have to get a little bit more structured and and be more stingy with some of your time because otherwise it would be mundane. It would be monotonous. It'd be uh, probably wear you down after a while.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of gritty kind of stuff to writing. It's not, you know, so many people think it's just such a cush job. You know, you just Mm -hmm. get up and when the muse strikes you, you put a few words down and then you have a cocktail. I mean, that would be fantastic if that's the way it actually works, but it's just not. I mean, I get so, and, you know, and there's um, readers who contact you too. And then there's the whole notion of being available to them on social media, you know, which publishers like to see and and so there's a lot of, I'd call grunt work that goes along with it. But And the other thing is, after a couple hours of writing, my brain is kind of fried, you know, that mm. pure creation. If I'm editing, I can edit all day. But if I'm actually creating the document, it's you know, I run out of that juice a lot faster than anything
0: else. Yeah. And that's key. And I think you said it spot on. This is a job, this is a career. You know, if you were writing one book and then, you know, maybe five years later you put out another book, whatever it may be, that would be perhaps a little bit different story. But even with that, I mean, during that time, there's a lot more to it than the old days. Not that I'm that old. I will account. I'm, and I'll fight anybody that says I am. But, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but you know, there is. You, ha- you have the social media side. You have to do blogs. You have to do vlogs. You have to make appearances on my show. And, uh, you know, in addition to, to whatever the editors need and writing the same. And so there's a lot that goes up to it. So I think you're, you know, you're, you're spot on in how you handle it. You've got to get structured. You got to get, after you walk the dog and give him some macaroni and cheese, then you sit down <laughs> and you go at it at your task for the day. He
1: would be so happy if I gave him macaroni and cheese. Oh my god. He would
0: love me forever. I mean, he's gonna love me
1: forever anyway, but he would really love me forever if, if I dump some mac and cheese on his food every night.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, if, you know if it's, if it's organic and, and whole cheese and stuff, uh, maybe. No, I'm sure i veterinary in calls and emails from this, but yeah, yeah. But macaroni and cheese does make the world better. I, that's that's my quote, and you can quote me on that. So <laughs> I will. <laughs> <laughs> well, Julia, tell the audience a little bit about where they can get a copy of You Lucky Dog, where they can find out a little bit more about you and follow you and, and send you emails and bug you to death, all that all that wonderful stuff you just mentioned.
1: Yeah, I mean, You Lucky Dog is available wherever books are sold. You should be able to find a copy, and certainly online, you know, through Amazon or Barnes & Noble or Kobo. And I have a website, JuliaLondon.com, where it's all my books and what's coming up next. And then you can find me on Facebook, Julia London. You can find me on Twitter, Julia F. London. And you can find me on Instagram, which is also Julia F. London.
0: There you go. So you got all your bases covered, so we'll make sure everybody knows that, so they can definitely follow along with what's going on and uh, see the latest greatest of uh, in the next book and all the teasers and all the wonderful stuff going on. So we'll make sure we get that out yes. there and everybody pick up a copy of you lucky dog. And
1: I have a lot of um, pictures of my dog on
0: Instagram and Twitter too. So oh boy, <laughs> for well, no I,
1: other reason, go look at Moose.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> I think so. You got to have the pictures and videos on there. That's for sure. <laughs> Well, Julia, congratulations again on a great, great novel, as usual, uh, and uh, coming over to the bright side about writing about dogs. So uh, thank you for that. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, everybody pick up a copy. It's called You, Lucky Dog by New York Times bestselling author Julia London. Julia, it was a pleasure. As always, keep us posted, and we'll follow along as well, and uh, we'll look forward to chatting with you somewhere down the road.
1: Okay, and thank you so much for having me today. I really appreciate it.
0: My pleasure. Well, we're coming to the end of the show today. I want to thank everyone for listening to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. I want to thank the producers and sponsors for making this show possible. If you want to drop us a line, uh, listen to some of the other shows, find out what's going on, you can always visit us at petliferadio.com. Find a cornucopia of uh, great entertainment, great uh, shows, great uh, hosts, and obviously uh, take a look at all the wonderful stuff on animal rights. So, uh, you know, until next time, write a great story about the animals in your life. Put it in a blog, an article, a book, magazine, whatever it may be. Who knows? You may be the next guest on Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Have a great day. Let's talk pets every week on demand only on PetLifeRadio.com.